Now, Heavenly Father, as we come to the preaching of your word, I pray that you would help me to, Lord, again, be filled with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, a hunger for that. And I pray that you would use the message in our church. I pray, Lord, that you would use it to teach and instruct us what we need this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Mark chapter 8 is our text verse. I'm going to um, uh, begin in verse number 21 this morning. And I want you to hold your Bibles there. As reminded this morning in uh, uh, May 2001, I believe it was, a, a fellow uh, gave our church a million dollars and a, a, fella, a man told me, he said, well, that'll ruin you right there. Uh, I said, what's that? He said, it will ruin you to get that million dollars. I said, oh, no, it, it won't. He said, I've never seen uh, money not ruin a preacher. I said, well, I, I'll tell you how. He said, how's that? I said, I spent it. <laughs> it's already gone. I'm right back where I started from. And so if you have any fear of that million dollars ruining the church or the preacher, you can forget it because we already spent it. And uh, we're finishing this building uh, out here. Mark chapter 8, uh, verse number 21. And he said unto them, How is it that you do not understand? Now that's more of a context than it is uh, the text. Now here is the text. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. The word touch is important. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house saying, Two titles I've given the message this morning. The first is, uh, I think the most important, is how to respond to a miracle. How to respond to a miracle. Had I preached this message on another Sunday morning, I would have entitled it, What Can the Blind Man Help Us to See? What can the blind man help us to see? The Bible is filled with miraculous stories throughout its pages. And we serve the God of creation. We serve the God of all power in heaven and earth. He is a God of miracles. When you read through the miracles in both Old and New Testament, you find that no two miracles are just alike. And God never worked in any two situations just alike. But here is one that is so different. When you look at it in detail, that it, that it has to get our attention above miracles just when you look at the process of what happens in the miracles. And the Lord Jesus is using the process of this miracle to teach his disciples and his followers a powerful truth. Now, he uses the miracles to teach them a truth. You understand, before this story is given, he asks the question, how is it that you do not they stand? That's a part of the context. He's trying to teach them things that they're not getting. They see the miracle and they like the miracle. But Jesus said there's more to this than the miracle. 
I want you to see a truth I'm trying to teach you. When you go past this story and further into the context, he takes his disciples apart and he asks them, Whom do men say that I am? And uh, they started answering, say, so, some said you're John the Baptist, and some said you're uh, Jeremiah. And uh, Jesus said, Who do ye say? Who do ye say that I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, that Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And, and Jesus in this whole context is trying to get them to understand the truth when the majority of them, they just wanted to see a miracle. I want us to see this morning what the blind man is to help us to see. It reminds me of a story I read. I read a story of a blind man from his birth. He composed more than 300 songs, and he toured uh, in uh, Britain and in America in his uh, long career. And uh, you would, they say you'd often find him in downtown busy areas as he liked to get out and about. And when he would come to a street corner, he would stand there with his white cane in hand, and, and someone would help him across the street. And he told the story that one day he was standing at a busy street corner. He was just standing there, and a fellow got a hold of his arm, and he expected him to say what everybody else said, Sir, can I help you across the street? But this man didn't. This man grabbed him by the arm, and he said, Sir, I am blind. Could you help me across the street? And George said, I've never crossed the street alone. I'm going to try it. And so he didn't tell him that he too was blind. And so he told the story in humor how that everybody was yelling and horns were blowing and a blind man is leading blind men. That's exactly what's going on in this passage of scripture right here. Jesus said there's more to this story of a blind man receiving his sight. I want this blind man, this story, to tell you blind people spiritually I'm trying to teach you a truth. I want you to understand I am not just a miracle worker. I am Jesus. I am God in the flesh. It's not the miracle that you ought to be looking for. It's me you need to be believing in. There's a great big difference in following for the miracle and following for the master. Jesus and his men have returned to the city of Bethsaida, verse 22. The last time they were here, Jesus had healed many of their sick. You'll see that in Mark chapter 6. As he returns, a group of people bring a blind man and they say, would you touch our friend? Would you touch him? Uh, these Gentiles had come to believe that Christ's healing power was in his touch. And they failed to understand that his ability to heal could be with a word or even a thought if he desired. They said, boy, if we can just get Jesus to touch our friend. May I say that God is doing more than meeting a need. They're truths. They're lessons he wants us to learn. And the greatest of those lessons is not just the excitement of a miracle, but it, that God is the answer for every need, every issue, every problem that we have. You see, a miracle is not the end or the pinnacle of the Christian life. A miracle is an introduction as to how God desires to work in our lives.
throughout the Word of God, we find people in every generation that limited the God of heaven because of their lack of faith. So many things God wanted to do for them, but they would just, they would just let the past miracle carry them in satisfaction rather than seeking to continue in the will of God. For example, in Psalm 78, he said, I want you to tell your children every miracle I've done. And he lists some of those for them as he brought them across a Red Sea on dry ground. He gave them manna from heaven in the wilderness. He said, I want you to tell your children. And he said, here's why I want you to tell them, Psalm 78, verse number 7, that they might set their hope, not in miracles, but they might set their hope in the God of miracles. There's more to church this morning than a miracle. Church is about the God of miracles. You see, I do not believe that Pentecost, as is recorded in Acts chapter 2, was the pinnacle of the church age. I believe it was to be an example of what God desired to do as we believe Him and as we yield to His work. Are you with me on that this morning? As this miracle unfolds, He asked the man, what do you see? I asked this morning, what do we see? What do we see in God's working in our lives? What do we see in God's working in our church? How many times have we prayed? Not just casually. I don't know how many nights I've prayed through the night not knowing what God was going to do. How many times have I walked on this property and said, God, I pray that you'd provide as you've guided, as you've led, and Lord, here we are on a property that no doubt you have provided for, but we seem to be at a place that it looks like we're going to stop unless you carry us on. I ask this morning, what do we see as God continues to answer prayer after prayer as we have faith in him and as we obey him? And Jesus asked the man, what do you see? I'm asking this morning, do you see more than a check? Do you see more than a miracle? Uh, when they asked me, they said, when they was filling out these checks, <clears throat> they said, what do we put for a memo? I said, put miracle on there. What do we see this morning? I want us to see more than the miracle. I want you to notice in detail as we look at this in verse number 23. I, I want you to look at what happens before the miracle. Verse 23, And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. Now the first thing Jesus does when he hears a request of the people is to take this blind man by the hand. Now think of this. I don't know if you put it together yet and you're thinking. They ask Jesus to touch him. When Jesus touches him as requested, nothing happens. He doesn't just touch the blind man. He takes the man by the hand. Now all it took was a touch. But Jesus touches him and he leads him out of town. He leads him away from the town. And no doubt, and obvious, they're watching and they're following Christ, but nothing happens. Can he see? No, he still can't see. See, Jesus led him around the well. Jesus led him around that bench. Jesus led him over to the path. And so we see they ask him to touch him. Hear me well, sometimes we tell God what to do. 
because we think that's the answer. That's not the answer. He's the answer. And so I, I, I notice, first of all, he touches him. He, he, he like, uh, you recall the story of the unclean woman? Here's what she said. If I may but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She didn't even touch him. She touched the hem of his garment. We have to see beyond the miracle. We have to see the God of the miracle. We have to see the man of the miracle. We have to see the master of the miracle. We have to see the Messiah. We have to see he's the one that's in control. Nothing visible takes place. As he leads the man. By the way, I see a clear example of how the Lord leads a lost, blind sinner to bring him to the place of salvation. You know, when you were lost, we didn't recognize his touch until our blinded eyes were open. But when our blinded eyes were open, we looked back and saw how God guided us and how God directed us. Sometimes it was a tragedy. Sometimes it was a heartache. Sometimes it was a disappointment. We look back and we say, he was leading me all the way. Brother Doug Thompson is here this morning. I heard him preach a few weeks ago and he gave his testimony. In, a, in an accident, his back was broken. He had to learn a new profession. He became a barber. He was a successful businessman, but he didn't want anything to do with God or preachers. And a preacher down in the western part of the state came in to get a haircut. He said, I so detested preachers. I made the towel so hot with water, I intended to scald the preacher. He said, I put that hot towel on his head and on the back of his neck and, he's, and, all, and he said, I was going to try to make him cuss. He said, that preacher said, that's, that's a little bit too warm. So he said, I put the, I, 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 I put the, uh, the uh, whatever that is, a towel around his neck. He said, I pulled it too tight. He said, I didn't like the preacher. He said, the only thing the preacher said was, it's a little too tight. He said he didn't have much hair. In fact, he said he took his toupee off and laid it down there. He just had a little bit of hair. He said, I was mad as I could be. Brother Doug Thompson told this story. He said, I started working on his hair. He said, the old preacher, he said, if you don't mind, I'll read the word of God while you cut my hair. He said he started reading the Bible. He said, I watched that old preacher and tears were coming down his cheeks. He said, God got a hold of me. He said, I was angry before I came under conviction. He came to the place of salvation. You know what God was doing? He took Brother Doug by the hand, and he was leading him to the place of a miracle. Aren't you glad God was directing in your life? By the way, not only as a, uh, not only as a lost person did he lead us to salvation, I'm th he leads us along, and there have been times in this journey that I didn't know what God was doing. And it's difficult looking ahead to know what he was doing. And we look back and we see that God's led us all the way. You see that building out there was supposed to be the first building. But that got delayed. And this building was, I would label it an accident, but God said, I had this building for you at 50 cents a foot. Our intention was to build a building about 44, 45,000 square feet. They limited the size of that building. They cut off part of it at, at, at the city. And I was frustrated about that. 
But it's ended up being right at 40,000 square feet. Oh, plus this 20. God leads us along. They said, if you'll just touch him. Ah, the healing power is not in the touch. It's in the master of the touch. We see what happens before. Now, let's notice the process of the healing. One of the things that makes this miracle so unique is it's the only time in the scripture that Jesus healed someone in stages. Usually, Jesus either touched them or spoke to them and they were healed. He said to the ten lepers, my wife asked me one Sunday morning, she said, what are you preaching on today? She don't ask me that often. But she asked me, she said, what are you preaching on? I said, I'm preaching on the ten lepers. She said, you mean the ten lepers? I said, that's before they met Jesus. They went from lepers to leapers after Jesus touched them. They didn't go through a process, friend. They were healed immediately. But here the Lord Jesus uses a two-step process to open the man's blinded eyes. His healing miracles were so different. He healed one leper by touching him. Uh, Jesus would often go to where the sick individual was, but sometimes they brought the sick individual to him, and sometimes he just said to the parent, go home, and they found out when they got home that their child was healed at the same time. Jesus just spoke uh, uh, the healing about them. Our testimonies are all different, but thank God he saved us all by his grace and through our faith he brought us to salvation. And not only that, he continues to lead us along. In this story, Jesus takes spit and he puts it on his eyes. I imagine this man perhaps to have eyes that were diseased, maybe mattered shut or crusted over. And Jesus puts spittle on his eyes and he asked the man if he sees anything and he said I see men as trees walking this tells us a few things about this man first of all uh, he hasn't always been blind he knew what people were what they looked like he knew what trees were and he distinguished those by what he saw but he said I see men walking as trees it also tells us that the healing is not complete he also tells us that uh, uh, as we read the rest of the story that the healing powers of Christ were not failing, but I'll guarantee you they have, they have given him their attention because many believed as soon as he touches him, he's going to be able to see, but he touches him and he leads him and nothing happens. He now places spittle on his eyes and he says, what do you see? He said, I see men walking as trees. You see, Jesus is using this man's healing to teach. He could have healed him with a thought. He could have healed him with a word. He could have healed him with a touch. But he is teaching them by extension a valuable lesson. As I read this miracle, I thought this is exactly what God has done, not just in this building program, but in the life of our church in these 31 years that I've had the opportunity to be the pastor. God's been so good to us, one miracle after another. And I'm glad today we're not complete. We're still trusting in him. And if I said we had another million dollars that would pay for the paving and that would pay for the offices, uh, we would move on to the next building because I believe not just in a miracle, I believe in the God. One thing, but that's who God is. 
Jesus then touches the man again and everything becomes crystal clear. His healing is complete. His eyesight is restored. And this blind man is a living illustration of the spiritual sight of the disciples. Since they had been walking with the Lord, they had learned some, but they had not learned all that Jesus wanted them to learn. Tune back in again. Listen to me again. Sometimes we just want our need met. That's all we pray for is our need to be met. God said, I don't want to just meet your need. I want to be the person that you want. My God shall supply all your need. This one is signed Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need. If you look at that verse, it doesn't say my God supplies all your needs. Because we don't have needs. We have one need, and that's him. We know this morning that God is a big and powerful God. We've taken him at his word so many times, but have we taken him at his word? I'm preaching to us now an application as I close. Do you trust him completely to give your life to him for his will for your life? You say, he's been good, but I don't know if I want to give him my whole life. I'm afraid he'll mess it up. You know what he's saying to the disciples? There's a learning process here, and I want you to know that there is more than the miracle going on here. You need me, and as they trusted in him, and thank God they came to the place by the end of the ministry of Christ that they wholly dedicated their lives to Christ, and they even died for the cause of Christ, living the miraculous, wonderful Christian life. That's what God wants to do with us this morning. I ask you, do you know Christ as your personal Savior? I ask him this morning, not only have you come yet been baptized, you're pondering that. There's no need to ponder that. You just need to do what God says. He's a God of miracles. We, we, we don't need to ponder what he instructs us to do. He doesn't say, now when you feel like obeying me, I want you to do that. When you feel the time is right, if God commands it, the time's right. I want you not only to be saved, I want you to not only be baptized, I want you to serve me, I want you to be in my will. Now look at Mark chapter 8, verse number 27, And Jesus went out and disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. Jesus told them who he was. He told him that he was the Christ. But some are still guessing that he's a magician. Some are just guessing that he's a miracle worker, that he's, that he's somebody from the past. Some say John the Baptist, some say Elias, and others say one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Peter answering, and said, uh, answereth and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. Let me ask you a question. Who is Jesus to you this morning? Is he just somebody you go and ask to have your needs met? Or have you seen him as the person that is our need? Stand with me if you will. How to respond to a miracle. 
Excitement, yes, about answered prayers, surely. A need met, praise God. Ah, but I storm of life for the child of God. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here and you've never received Christ as Savior, today is the day of salvation. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. If you've never trusted him in just a moment, when he sings the invitation song, you ought to step out of your seat and down the aisle. You ought to say this morning, I want to trust Christ as my Savior. If you're here this morning and there's a spiritual decision, maybe it's baptism, Maybe it's surrender. Maybe it's full dedication of your life to Christ, whatever the case may be. This morning, you ought to yield, dedicate your life to Christ. Heavenly Father, bless the invitation. Thank you, Lord, for yet another miracle. You've done so many. I could talk for hours about how it all worked out and answered prayers and miracles that you've given. And Lord, the miracle of each and every salvation of people in this room. We could talk for hours about the miracles. But Lord, it's not just the miracle, it's the master of the miracles. And I pray that our faith would be in a God to say, Lord, you can meet my need and you are meeting my need. And I give my life in your will. Bless the invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.